The OTL podcast is brought to you in association with STEM Recruitment Solutions. If you need help in recruiting for science, technology, engineering and maths, visit stemrecsolutions.co.uk to find out more. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Only the Lonely podcast. If you were expecting to hear the tones of Mr Colin Telford, you might be wondering why they've changed a little bit. Um, you've got me, you've got Emma hosting tonight. Rumours that he's still hungover from the football nomad away day <laughs> um, have been grossly, grossly exaggerated apparently. But um, So he's handed over the reins tonight and I am joined tonight by two huge Airdrie fans. I've got, well... First of all, I've got Mr. Andrew Duffy, who, following his um, guest appearance on the Alawa podcast last week to talk up the diamonds, is now here to gloat about the diamonds. <laughs> Hi, Andrew, how are you doing? Very well, Emma. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm very good. I'm very smug, as as per after a victory. And I'm also joined tonight by Mr. Colin Campbell, frequently the designated driver of the Airdrie Days for, uh, for his crew. Are you all right, Colin? Yes, uh, I've certainly become huge uh, over the last three years, so uh, none of those pies right enough. Well, we'll get we'll get to pies later on. Um, <laughs> not letting that one slide. Um, but just before we kick off tonight, just wanted to say, um, and I'm sure Colin would if he was, was hosting tonight, just another thank you to those who accommodated the, the Fitman Nomad um, pub crawl that we did last week. So that was the, the guys at the West End Bar queue here and the Albert Bar. Um, thank you very much for accommodating us um, and also your Fan TV for bringing it to life in gl- glorious Technicolor. Um, and uh, yeah, just to the Fitbit Nomad as well for embracing the club, the town and the fans on his travels. So since we last spoke and I was one of the, the guests on the show, we had lost... Edinburgh City, but we're not dwell on that. Um, we've played three games since. We've been away to Peterhead, which we learned um, patience is a virtue. We took uh, three 0 up there. Um, we had a horrendous uh, day at Kelty, the what the one each, um, where I think we all wish we'd just stayed in the Kelty Social Club for a couple more hours. And then, of course, we had Saturday's performance, which I missed. So I'm looking forward to chatting to you guys about it where we really turned it on against uh, Aloha. So, kind of over to over to you, Andrew, your kind of thoughts on those last three games, because we were all in a bit of a, a downer after Edinburgh City. Yeah, I, th- I think um, taking in the Peterhead game, having gone up there, um, which was actually my first visit um, up to Balmoor, after the Edinburgh defeat, the fact that it took so long was probably playing on a lot of our nerves at the time, just because... We were on the back of that defeat and it was so crucial. I think we all thought at the time it was so crucial that we did bounce back um, with a victory when you were going to at the time. And actually, now again, bottom of the league, Peterhead. So we got there in the end. It wasn't wasn't for the lack of trying, to be fair. Although yeah, I bet you Smithy wishes he could take his penalty back and have another go at that. But we got there in the end, three goals comfortable. It was just... They could have maybe done that in the first 10 minutes rather than the last 10 minutes and we'd have been, we'd have been much Here's the, the fun much in that. Area. I know, I know. Like you say, Kelty was a day 
This is a day that wasn't it wasn't it for the football purists, but I don't know. There was that bizarre element to it of us all being crowded together in that horrendous weather that kind of I don't know bonded us a wee bit. But camaraderie and extreme conditions it was tough, tough day to watch football. Never mind play it. Much Hit more like second it. Second half. Oh, it just it just got worse, didn't it? You didn't think it could get worse at halftime, but my gosh, it did. And then obviously Saturday was. Um, Spectacular, um, the clean sheet as well. I think was 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 a big deal um, to to do that against the team Alawa, who had been seven unbeaten in the league before the match. So, you know, they'd been in good form. You wouldn't have known that from the way they played, but you know, Erdre right from literally the first couple of minutes um, were really really up for it. So, Kelty, bearing in mind that we get beat the last time we went to Kelty, um, lost one 0 I'm looking at that as three decent results, two very good results, and a decent enough point on the road to to get a bit of a, a bit of form back in us. Yep, I'll go Colin. What do you think? Um, what do you think the kind of difference was between the kind of the two away the away ties? Was it just that we had Aloe at home, we had them in our, our patch, we know that we like a bit of space to play because it, it was you know two pretty very different performances from from what I can gather. I did yeah. watch it back. I, I would say, I agree with you there, your last point, that there did seem to be so much more space. I don't know if our park is actually wider and longer than the, certainly Kelty. Peter Ed's a big park. Um, but I, I think they, they moved the ball so quickly. I jokingly said to one of my friends after about a minute, I don't want, I don't want us to score early here. I'm not wanting another repeat of Edinburgh, and then lo and behold, oh! um, but it went a lot better uh, against Alawa. I thought they had a weird, weird formation. I thought their style of play was, it just suited us. There was so much space, and we got using their pace. Um, I'd agree with both of you. The day at Kelty was, I mean, that is the worst weather for 90 minutes and more that I think I've ever seen. Uh, and, a, and a Scottish game. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. I kept looking at the clock because I like doing hill walking, as you know, or I used to. And I kept looking at the sky thinking, this weather is changing a wee bit. Occasionally there was a, a bit of sun come through, but it was that was amazing. A lot of praise to both both teams for even being able to play a bit of football on that day. I mean, I mean there that, is a... that, that was bizarre. Well, there is a, an excellent photo of me, which you guys have seen that I'm not going to draw yes. any more attention to that <laughs> displays what a wonderful day um, I was having at Kelty away, being five foot one and not being able to actually see the game unless I <laughs> in the rain. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah so it's a belter. Peter Ed was, uh, yes, I mean, I think the three of us were very close to each other that day. Um, and I know that I was very critical of uh, Callum Smith uh, for that penalty, so maybe I should apologise uh, on air because, well, I didn't apologise in the day and fan TV caught me out as usual. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was good. It's good to see somebody getting the right score as well. I'm not sure who that was. It certainly <laughs> wouldn't <they> be me. <laughs> I must admit, it was one of those games where the longer it went on, the more you you think, you know, we we should should be winning this, but I actually. I don't know that we will. Um, yeah. And yeah, then all of a sudden it just kind of um, came together at the end, which I'm very grateful I mean, Peter for. Head, Peter Head were better than they were at the start of the season, yeah. you know, marginally. 
but I still think them and Clyde, or is it they and Clyde, uh, are clearly going to be sitting down near the bottom. There was a crucial, a crucial moment in the Peterhead match. Um, we, we'd missed the penalty, but we'd um, hit the bar. We'd had a couple of good chances and yeah. forced a couple of good saves from their goalie. But they get through on a one-on-one, and Josh Ray comes out as it's still nil-nil. Uh-huh. And Josh Ray essentially makes a sliding tackle um, to stop the guy scoring. And you, you did worry that had we conceded that day with confidence, maybe being a wee bit um, fragile after the Edinburgh um, defeat that things might have gone very badly wrong that day and got derailed had that moment not not went the way it did and maybe that's one of the big differences having having Josh back after so long you know I think we've all seen it that was his first game back um, we've all seen the defence just seem to be that bit more composed and relaxed and confident with him behind them just that way wee bit more settled I know a lot of people have spoken about that online since since he's came back in and that moment um, encapsulated the, the reasons they've got that confidence in him. He came out and dealt with that situation brilliantly yeah. and then we go on and, and see the game out quite quite comfortably in the end. He's also a goalie that you can hear. He clearly has got command of a, a kind of general defensive situation. Yeah. Um, whereas the other, well, the, the Hibs goalie was a really good goalkeeper. The mm. other two, young boy, maybe too early, and Dean Linus, just ordinary. I missed the games where he, he made a few errors, like at Dundee, I was away. Um, but clearly, Josh Ray is a very, very good goalie. That'll come back to bite me now, of course. <laughs> it always does. It always does. And we'll kind of get on to a little bit of the kind of ins and outs that we've had since we last caught up but is there anybody in particular that's kind of stood out for you guys over those last three games I think um, we were all impressed with Stanway when he played at, at Kelty but is there anybody else that's kind of caught your eye? Well I'll have to say that yeah, I think uh, Callum Fordyce playing on the right hand side of the central defence has been so much better than when he was playing on the left so ATS gets uh, quite high marks from me for just being a, a big, steady guy who doesn't panic. Um, so I, I think he's made a difference. Um, I'm always in favour of a kind of back four rather than a, a three. But we're very flexible because McCabe clearly drops in and then moves forward. So it's not quite a four-three-three. Three. It's it's very flexible. And that's what, that's what caught Allo out on Saturday. I think they, they, they had no idea how to play up against uh, Airdrie for, for long, long spells. It could have been about eight, but it should have been about eight. Yeah, no, so I, that, I totally I totally agree. I think um, Taylor Sinclair's performance, particularly against Aloha, um, was excellent, especially considering you know he's up against a striker who scored a lot of goals for them this season, but he never really had any trouble off Salmon at all. He kept him very, very quiet. Made him look silly at times when he tried to go in and compete with him um, one-on-one, you know, mano-a-mano. He came out on top every single time. And as Colin says, him being in the side gives four dice uh, that freedom to go more to the right-hand side than when it's four dice and Watson, I think. Um, and Watson, we know how good he can be at right-back. So I think Taylor Sinclair's done, done, you know, really, really well, particularly on, on Saturday there. 
I think, um, like you mentioned, Emma Stanway's looked very good. You can see why he's well fancied at Thistle. I like the look of McGregor. I think he was unlucky not to score when he came on um, on Saturday. He got in behind a few times, he got played in some channel balls and clearly, clearly has pace to burn. He was electric at times and he was leaving players for dead despite giving them a few yards head start. So I expect we'll see him get more game time as it as it goes as the season as the season goes on. But it's one of those things we've brought in some reinforcements, we've brought in some new firepower, and the strikers, all three of them, the front three were all excellent. Yeah. Um, to a man on Saturday. So sometimes you need that, just that fresh impetus, those extra bodies in the squad, knowing your position is under threat, even though Jameson's gone back. Um, the, the strikers all know that a guy like McGregor could come in and take their starting berth, either of the two white guys. So all three of them, um, Gal included, were, were really on it on Saturday. And I wonder if that has as much influence on it as anything else, knowing that. Yeah, having those other bodies in there keeps everybody just that wee bit more psychologically honest. Not that they've ever kind of dropped off or anything, but it just it just has that wee extra bit of edge. Yeah, I mean, so so on that, I wrote this down earlier because there has been quite a bit of of movement around the squad. So we've obviously we've brought in Ben Stanley, we've brought in Joe Dixon, McGregor. We've talked about. We've welcomed Celine back from from his loan at Cowden Beath. We've said goodbye to. Uh, sorry, Stranraer. Um, and you said, want them to be in the Lowland League? Do you know what? I was reading something about Cowden Beef a minute ago and um, <laughs> it's just stuck in my head. So, we'll, we'll, Stranraer, I apologize. You can edit that bit. I can edit that bit out. Um, we've obviously lost Dean Linus. We've teased away. Um, Alex Henderson's obviously gone gone as well. We've said hello to Jay Riley and uh, put and him cheerio. out on loan and cheerio after a memorable debut. And obviously, we've. Um, given Sean's favourite, the Bright Prince, um, a contract and uh, some excellent photos with uh, Al at the weekend. I think, um, yeah, I think all the fans have taken him. And of course, um, Lucky Bird has come in. We were all, uh, I think, on the last podcast, um, screaming for a centre half. So we've kind of, we touched on kind of Stanry and, and McGregor. I, was, I wasn't there to um, see Lackey's debut on, on Saturday, but kind of what your thoughts on LJ kind of going back to St Mirren and, and, and Lackey's um, contribution on Saturday? I think LJ um, did really well for us. Jameson did really well for us over the the half of the season that he was here, but he's going to do well to get into the St Mirren team considering the um, form they're in. They're up to fourth in the top flight, so um, I feel for him if he's just going to be going there and, and sitting on the bench. Um, and not really getting many minutes to to contribute or or play his part, but um, he's he's their player, so that's that's their prerogative. The club obviously have brought McGregor in, who maybe fills fills a similar role to him um, in the squad. We'll, we'll see how that um, transpires. Um, Lackey looked good when he came on. Um, didn't do it in silly. Kept it nice and sensible when he did have the ball. Get a good big stride on him, which perhaps shouldn't be surprising given his height, but you know, you sometimes see those players who can be slow and lumbering when they're big guys, but he, he opens his legs out and eats up the ground well. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he attacked a corner kick towards the end of the match with real gusto as well. A free kick was given against him, essentially because he um, nearly sent the Halloween defender into the fifth dimension. He absolutely 
slammed him. It was excellent. Um, so I think you could tell the crowd were really up for him getting involved too because there was a great riff of applause when he came on and encouragement when he was there. Can you just can't imagine how the crowd are going to react when Bright Prince makes his debut? They'll they'll be they'll be fainting. There'll be salutations of all kinds. But I think we've done good business. I think the squad looks healthier um, now than it has at any other point in the season. You know, you consider that we had um, Cammy Ballantyne. Um, back fit enough for the bench and doing he's looked good in the training drills before and at half time and after the game. But you know, we we didn't miss him. That was that was a strong, strong performance right across the board with guys coming on and making contributions. You know, Stanway, you've got Justin Devaney, you've got uh, McGregor the aforementioned coming on. We've not had the chance to see Dixon yet, but again another young guy who's come in and We'll see how he gets on. Everybody felt a wee bit bad for once the 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 fury and disappointment of how it all went down eased. I think we all felt a bit of sympathy for for poor Jay Riley because that as nightmare debuts go, you, you can't get any worse. But he'll he'll go out and I'm sure he'll come back better for the experience of playing, albeit um they'll be a star aren't doing so well. So he'll be doing a lot of defending, which mm. I suppose is is, is his job, so he'll, he'll be well practiced at chasing back the way and try to defend his his box. You would expect, but no, I think I think we look a lot healthier. Even just looking at the sub bench when the team sheets were out on Saturday, we look in a lot better shape, and we do have options yeah. and we, we do have changes that we can make to affect the game. So it was nice to see them getting involved as well on Saturday. Yeah, I think we've gone from a situation where we only had four subs. And essentially, the, the the eleven on the park had to play, you know, every game. Um, so the the signings have at least uh, made the bench <laughs> look as if there are folk who could come on and do a reasonable job. Stan May was quite impressive at Kelty. Ran out of steam on that part as well. But I don't know, there was no steam that day. It was probably cold showers all the time. Um, don't know anything about Dixon. Uh, I thought Lackey Burns looked uh, quite promising. Um, as you said, never made any mistakes, didn't do it daft. Um, he showed they could uh, dribble a wee bit, but I don't know if I want a ball playing dribbling centre half. <laughs> um, uh, so McGregor pace, as you said, yeah, I think he might be slightly better than Jimison. I think he didn't want to play wide right, whereas I think McGregor would be quite happy to to play in that position. So, yeah, there's lots of alternatives. Don't want to get carried away. Um, it really needs that front three, as you said, who played really well. It's that little Gallagher was superb. Um, it also gives us something to think about as well, because kind of going back to the points that you guys are making about ATS and then obviously then Cami coming back and, and, and being on the bench kind of leads me into the run of fixtures coming up because I, I genuinely think you know this is kind of whether you're going to really stay in a arguable whether you could argue if you're in a, a title fight at the moment but realistically you win your games in in February you know you could very could very well be what do you you know we've got, we've got Clyde coming up and I don't want to kind of dismiss them and just look at the kind of Dunfermline doubleheader and um, Falkirk game because um, we all know League One can bite you in the butt um when you least expect it. Um but so what do you what are your kind of thoughts obviously on what would 
what would a good February look like with, with this kind of run of games coming up? And given that we do seem to now have a much healthier looking squad, the squad appears to be almost fully fit. Um, give or take, I'm not sure if Cammy's ready to, to start a game yet. What do you kind of do based on, you know, if you were Reese, what, what would you be looking to do for these games? You know, what would who would be your kind of, would you change it at the back? Would you keep it as is? Well, certainly for Saturday, I would, that that team that started the game has got to be given the chance to start again. Um, I had been reluctant about Gabby. Uh, I think I said that uh, pre-match, but uh, to give him credit, his work rate was really, really good, and he had assists, which I hadn't noticed uh, at the game. Um, I don't know whether Andy sees this on the TV screen, and you can see it quicker, but I never noticed that. In fact, he'd the part they played in the goals. Um, so you've got to start with the same team, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think so long as everybody's still um, fit and healthy, no one catches a, a bug or comes down with anything, I'd probably start the same the same side again, try and get the game won early, and then you can make changes and put minutes back into um, Cammy Ballantyne. Um, you know, I think we've got options, but I do think Cammy Ballantyne, if he's fit and ready to play, is your first choice right back. Um, how you then shuffle the rest of the defence for him coming back in is maybe another discussion. Do you stick with um, Dicey ATS? Does Watson move back into the middle? That's something that Reese will need to um, think about carefully. But I think when Cammy's ready and fit, he should play at right back for us because he, he can be devastating at times, as we saw pre his injury against Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabby did brilliantly, you're right, Colin, to, to pick it out. And he sometimes, you know, he can go unnoticed a wee bit, but his work rate's always there. But on Saturday, his touch and his pass and his movement was all there as well. Um, so it all came together for him as part of the front three. It wasn't just that he was running off players and working hard and putting a shift in going back the way. Um, he, 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 he touch and his uh, control... And he's, he's passing as well, the clever cutbacks. Um, I think him and Smithy were both very, very unlucky not to get goals on the day because they both deserved goals for their performance. Yeah. I wouldn't be for changing it. Um, I'm probably guilty myself. Guilty myself of maybe not always appreciating what Gabby contributes to the team. I you know, hold my hands up. I maybe don't always see it, but it was really evident watching the, the game back on, on Saturday. So, um, well, uh, Colin's apologising to uh, Smithy. Maybe I should apologise to, to Gabby. And, I think uh, it shows us, though, doesn't it? It shows us that this is why Reese has got these players and plays these players as often as he does. That's what it's like when it works. When it the first 20, 25 minutes against Edinburgh is what it's what they're aiming for. That's the, that's the ideal. And when it works, it's devastating. And I don't think any team in the division can live with us when we play like that. As much as Alawa were poor, surprisingly poor. And as Colin pointed out earlier, daftly went so, so narrow against us on our pitch. We were devastating on Saturday. And I think we would do a number on a lot of teams. You look at the chances, as you said earlier, we could have scored so many more. You look at the chances that we didn't turn into goals and the saves that their goalie made to keep them with a bit of dignity, um, despite the absolute tousing that they took. I think, you know, if if we put anything like that out against Clyde, we'll take care of them, no problem. 
get the game won early and make some subs, get some minutes into guys, and set ourselves up nicely for the double header to see whether we've got a title fight or not in us. What is a good February? Well, I mean, of course, the, the, the dream is the, the dream is you, you you win them all, but realistically, you know, we we know if we play the way that we can play and the the flashes that we've seen either on Saturday or as you said in the first twenty five minutes, we should be, especially at home, we should be too much for them. Um, it's a bit more difficult than Fairland because we've not really seen them since that that first game at East End Park. But you know, should we begin into those? That double header and against Falkirk, thinking you know, looking for maximum points there, or is winning one of them enough? What do you? What's a good February? Not losing, of... not losing to Dunfermline. I think our home form has been really, really good. Um, I never saw anything up there that suggested they were so much better than us when we both play well. Um, so Falkirk, you might be a wee bit worried about. Because sometimes there's going to be some time when they actually turn up against us. Uh, and they do have something. to eventually. I mean, a bogey team are Edinburgh. <laughs> Bulker must regard us as a kind of bogey team. So, uh, beat Clyde, home game coming up. I mean, I'd be quite happy to see us go th- through the month undefeated. I'd like to beat the Fairland at home because that will narrow the gap a wee bit. I still think top. Top four is all we're going to achieve. Um, somebody earlier on, not tonight, had said, uh, didn't you think we'd even get uh, the fourth position? Um, but I'm still optimistic about that. I think we could even finish third. I don't see us winning the league. That, 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 you can't lose that number of games. Well, I don't think you can and win a league. But I, I'm still optimistic. I think um, I think if we, first and foremost, you look at the home games, as you both pointed out, and say, right, win the home games. Now, granted, um, there's only been one defeat for Dunfermline up up to this point, notwithstanding they play Montrose on Saturday as we were playing Clyde. But a team who's only lost once over the course of the season so far aren't going to be easy to beat, even if you know they, they don't look particularly terrifying in their highlights. They... they look solid and they look they're good at what they do and they, they look like a, a team very, very capable of winning matches, even if they're not like spectacular. So it will be a difficult, difficult game. But you look at those home matches and say, right, win the home games. Um I'd take a point at East End Park, but if we if we beat them at home, you have that psychological edge. It's your very next match. So they don't have an opportunity to bounce back the pressure will be on them a wee bit because they may even, you know, their lead will be potentially hanging by a thread if that were to happen, considering what might happen in Falkirk's fixtures. So if we get the opportunity, we've got to go for it. If we can come through February with maximum points or undefeated and those home games are wins, we we are in the conversation because there's still Mm. plenty of points to go, plenty of points to go. So we'll have to wait and see. That's a big, that feels a big ask. It feels a big ask to win home and away against them firmly beat Falkirk and beat Clyde but take it one step at a time then beat Clyde yep. and then you've got a home match against Dunfermline after that we can maybe reassess because if we win it it's a huge opportunity if we were to lose that game then you're thinking right let's consolidate top four but yeah. we'll just have to take that as it comes one game at a time but I think we're all hoping we can set ourselves up by disposing of Clyde and 
put our focus on a great opportunity the first time Dunfermline have visited us, which is really weird when you think about it. That's us played Alawa three times. We're about to play Clyde for the third time. But and we're <laughs> in February. It's transpired. We're in February and we've only played um, Dunfermline once. So um, I think that's that's it in a nutshell. I think um, if you don't beat Clyde, you know these are the games that you know we've done it how many times in the last couple of seasons we've sat here and yeah. looked back and uh, Clyde you know, particularly Clyde yeah, yeah um where we we didn't we didn't beat them so if you if you're if you're not taking three three points on Saturday then I don't think you get any right to expect that we're going to do you know take maximum for the but as you say take one game at a time make sure you're winning you know we should be we should be beating Clyde. If, if our players it. perform anything like they're capable, we've got too many good players. Yeah. We'd need to have a hell of an off day to lose that match. But, you know, we have at times had silly draws that we should have won this season and last season. And so, the season before. Yeah, yeah. Ad infinitum. Uh, you know, it's the perennial, <laughs> as you say, every season you look back and say, it's that stupid draw there against Clyde or it's that stupid draw with Peterhead um, or that other stupid draw with Clyde. So, you know, as we've got so many good players that, as long as enough of them don't have an off day, we should win that match. But, you know, Clyde have shown they're not completely dead yet because to, to lose the match against Peterhead and then lose their top scorer, I thought, right, they're going to just spiral from here. But they, if you're going to have a bounce back, keeping yourself, you know, getting a point off the league leaders is, is pretty decent. So I don't think there's any danger recently the team will be complacent against them. No, I do hope we go out and and stick a few on them early because if we're a couple of goals to the good in the first half, I think we could really stick a few damaging more goals onto them, which would be nice. Right. Well, we've got a couple yeah, minutes, <laughs> couple of minutes left, and I don't want to go without addressing Pygate. Now, before <laughs> we played Aloha, our Pies were getting a, a hell of a slagging. And if anyone was looking on Twitter, they got a, a hell of a slagging afterwards. Now, I, I personally don't eat them, but um, I'm going to turn to your expertise and just, you know, stick up for the stick up for the diamond pie here. Well, I don't eat uh, pies normally at the game. Sometimes when I'm in hospitality, uh, I've taken a pie. And they, they, they're quite good, um, but they can't be worse than the macaroni pie at Cove Rangers. That was an, an abomination of a pie. I, t- I saw the photograph. I saw the photograph. I quite like a burnt, crusty kind of pie. Um, so I don't mind that at all. My friend Tom, who goes to the games, he has two pies before every game. So he's never complained about the every ones, uh, and certainly not the away ones uh, in general. Good, good pies at Peterhead, I must say. thought they my, were yeah. good. My daughter very, very good. always gets a steak pie and says it's magic. It's, it's funny, it obviously, um, it all springs from Kev at the Alwa podcast, uh, chinning me on the pre-match podcast about the pies always being terrible at Airdrie, and I was honestly stunned because they've always been always been good, and then he pulls out that photograph, and you're thinking, right, okay, is, is there skullduggery afoot? Because the whole I want to see the day stamp like on that. that. Yeah, did he bring that for the house? Is that deliberate? Has he smuggled that in there just to try and try and back up his argument? But um, he did say, I listened to their podcast um, just to enjoy them greeting about how good we are. Um, so I listened back and they did touch on it and he did mention that actually it didn't taste bad. Um, it just it looked a lot worse than it tasted. So I think he was very unlucky because I've never had a bad pie of Airdrie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was 
I always have my curry on a Saturday night, so that's why I tend not to eat pies. Um, I do quite like uh, pies, I must say, but no, I, I avoid them at football matches. I remember being at Dumbarton once, Emma will appreciate this, and I get the greasiest pie you have ever seen in your puff. The grease was actually running down my hands. <laughs> it was a, oh, it was dreadful, but aye, Cove Rangers macaroni pie. Absolute murder. Officially, officially the worst, according to the oh. pie reviewers of the OTL podcast. Well, on that note, I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining me tonight. And let's hope it is three points against Clyde and then we can kick on from there. See you yes, on Saturday. Yes, come on the diamonds. Yes, Thanks, bye. Emma. No more sorrow.